0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com.
1: Welcome to 3 a.m., where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. I'm one of your hosts, Charles Hatch. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3am is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, and personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we may not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy.
2: Well, hello there. This is 3am and my name is Sean. My name is DJ. My name's is Charlie. Um, how have you guys been? What's up? What's new? <clears throat> Pretty good. Uh, nothing new. <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> Moving into a new place.
2: Nice. And potentially
3: new recording space. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see.
1: <laughs> we'll try it out. So, uh, last Friday was Friday the 13th and your boys tried to go find some ghosts or some Espíritus Santes.
2: That's Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> what? I want to apologize if we didn't see any ghosts. My negative attitude and, uh, general skepticism may be keeping them from us. I think that's exactly what it is, Sean. <laughs> it's all me. It's all about me, dude. But what happened? What did we do? So
3: I was researching different places in Utah that are supposedly haunted. One of them was this place called Mercer. Or Merker.
2: <laughs> or Merker. What, what is Mercer Merker?
3: It was a mine where there was a deposit of gold and mercury. And they named it after mercury and dropped the Y. Which is kind of weird.
1: But So um, it's an abandoned mining town now in Utah?
3: Yeah, it started in like... 1885 um, and had a boom for about 20 years or so then really started slowing down because it, they couldn't find anymore I think they just mined it all and the town burnt down there's no explanation why they rebuilt it and then it <clears throat> burnt down again and then shortly after that everybody just left the town
1: yeah they took the, they took the hint Mm -hmm. yeah we should get out
3: but uh at this point i don't think there's any like remainders of that town like maybe the state cleaned it up or something we allegedly visited this place on friday the 13th (laughs) it's full moon we supposedly wanted to take advantage of the situation and check out some uh haunted places so when we got there well i want to make sure my desire and intent is also uh alleged okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe all this didn't happen
2: it might have been a dream (laughs) yeah um but we
3: allegedly got there (laughs) uh may i I don't know if we found some opening under a fence (laughs) (laughs)
1: Because <laughs> let's just hypothetically say that the entire place was fenced off with massive signs that say uh no trespassing, yeah, I think there was You'll like be some shot to death or something some cameras as well <laughs> and like a guard tower thing yeah,
3: we at we, the entrance we allegedly yeah. like had some flashlights to look inside the guard tower, <laughs> everything inside looked dusty and
1: hadn't been touched everything looks like it was set there at the original time of the mining <laughs> town yeah yeah a hundred years ago yeah but our homeboy who grew up on the streets of uh, san marco san diego so just like the toughest part of the richest part in the I've, country i've been there
3: <laughs> it's wild
1: yeah, yeah oh yeah um anyway he said one thing about places that you're not supposed to get into is there's always a place to get into it <laughs> and sure enough that proved Allegedly to be true. (laughs) So we hypothetically climbed (laughs) under the fence. (laughs) And we figuratively uh, entered into this old mining town. Uh, And if I had to guess what it was like, it was really cool. There was like a huge, like a huge canyon where they've mined out all these minerals and things. And uh, you could see the remnants, I think, maybe, of um, this huge mine and refinery that they used to have. But they since bulldozed it. Yeah, so we like explored for about an hour. Maybe I think we explored around there ish and then uh, nothing was kind of happening, but there's a part two to Merker.
3: Yeah, so we we supposedly came back (laughs) to the car where we parked outside of the establishment and on the way back there is a cemetery
1: real quick Sean. Can you describe East
2: Utah? Eastern Utah, so western. Western Utah? Oh, it is Utah? western, my bad. The west, what is it called? West desert? Yeah, I mean. That's what it's referred to? Legitimately, after you get out of the Utah Valley, going west is nothing but desert and salt flats and the mountains don't have trees on them. It's just barren. It's bleak. Like, you get your tumbleweed and your your shrubbery, that's like all the vegetation, all the- flora that's out there
1: (laughs) so if you've ever seen like a western where it shows a desert place that's what this is just minus cactus it's high high mountain desert yeah so that's what we're in the middle of and if i didn't know that this place existed let's say i just like stumbled upon it i would straight up think i was in the middle of a movie set
2: Mm yeah yeah
3: Yeah, or the hills have eyes. (laughs) Definitely. Specifically. Um, But the cemetery is kind of crazy. You not even hike, you walk 100 meters from the parking lot um, up this hill, and it overlooks the valley, and there's maybe about, what, 30 to 50 graves?
1: There's definitely like 20 marked graves, Mm -hmm. but as you start to walk around, you'll find 30 more graves. Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, and... Yeah, half of these graves had like small white picket fences around them. Which is really interesting because I haven't really seen that before. At least like in that with that many graves. And they were all really tight, like mm-hmm. pretty close together. Um, at least in the congested part of the of the graveyard. Um two things with the cemetery. One supposedly you can hear horses running through the graveyard without any actual horses being there Two, there is a grave of a young girl who was born in 1897 and died in 1898 and her name was Annie C. Jones. And the legend goes is if you bring her a gift like a toy doll or something, she'll express her gratitude by playing with it so naturally we brought a doll and
1: first of all we searched high and low to find a doll (laughs) because (laughs) weirdly enough none of us had a doll just ready to go but we found a doll and we felt good about it because this doll was creepy
3: it was an all right looking doll but its face was like shredded (laughs) yeah
1: so by some sadistic sick yeah frick um (laughs) But we left that at her grave. Well, we walk up as a group and we get the doll and we kind of take a moment and we go to her grave. We know it's her grave because it's covered in toys. And so Sean takes the doll, right? And he walks up and he sets it carefully, like right near the tombstone or the headstone would be. And we all kind of step back and wait. And as we're watching the doll.
2: Nothing happened.
3: (laughs) That's exactly right. Nothing, absolutely nothing happened.
2: But but we left and explored a little bit more and came back. And when we came back,
1: we all walked up to the grave. And we looked in and we peered in and we could see that
2: nothing happened still.
3: The doll was still there (laughs) in the exact same spot that we placed it.
1: (laughs) So try as we might. (laughs) (laughs) That was what? Around midnight at that point.
2: At least, yeah.
1: The weirdest thing is that while we're doing this, some locals like crawl out of a bush, and they were just like creeping, crawling. It was like cools. Like like oh yeah, <laughs> not, not even weird. Yeah, not even like. I mean, there were teenagers, but it was like a family. Okay, they were like <laughs> a thirteen and fourteen year old boy and girl. Which I was like, y'all are really young. This is weird. And I was like, where are you guys from? They're like, we're from here. And I was like okay. And I was like that's weird that they're there. And then all of a sudden a mother father and like child come out of the bush. And so it's just like a family outing in the (laughs) middle of a cemetery on Friday the 13th on a full moon (laughs) (laughs) on this abandoned graveyard. That was the weirdest part.
2: What if those were ghosts?
1: But they got into a pilot and drove away. But they did not drive
2: away towards the town. Like they drove back up the mountain dude i saw that and i i was thinking because there's like one way
1: up to this graveyard and then past the graveyard is the abandoned mining town there's one road and uh they went up into the mountain further and their car disappeared yeah
2: but they did not take the road to the mining town yeah they turned off on a smaller dirt road and just kept
1: going until their lights disappeared yeah can't wait to have a family (laughs)
2: Take them out to haunted cemeteries on our Friday the 13th outings. At like 12 (laughs) a.m. Cannot wait.
1: (laughs) Did you have any more, though, with the graveyard?
3: No, that was pretty much our weekend. I mean, as far as ghost hunting goes. Yeah. So we'll continue to explore different places and report back on our findings.
2: It was weird, though. One of our friends that was out there with us, our 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 friend that grew up in the streets, he found a video on Reddit shortly oh, after we had been there. What what was that all about, dude? That was the weirdest part. So we
1: get home, and one of our really good friends who was with us texts us, and he's like, "Bro, look at this. Is this the same place we were at?" Well, he asked if it was us. Yeah, like he if thought we had posted one of us it. Had posted it.
3: It wasn't us, but upon reading the post on on Reddit, this person was explaining how their car broke down and they were walking around to find reception and they get to the top of this hill. They find reception there, but they also find this graveyard. The wind picks up a little bit and from the wind he hears the cry of a child. And it comes and leaves as the wind does from what he explained. After a little while and it's silent and he calls for help, you know, um, to help with his car or whatever, the wind picks up again and he hears again the cry of a child.
1: Huh.
3: He takes pictures and it's of the graves that we were at with the
1: white picket fences. And he said he's out in the desert in Utah. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: And he said this graveyard was like on top of a hill.
1: Legitimately from the photos, it is the exact same place we were at. Mm -hmm. So maybe what we'll do is uh, I filmed our whole excursion on a GoPro. So we'll post some of that footage. And then we'll post a link to the Reddit or a picture from the Reddit. And you guys can tell us what you think.
2: Yo, Mm -hmm. yo. I don't know about his experience, though. Because A, he would have known there's a cemetery. There's a sign down by the parking. (laughs) Two... He didn't bring any dolls for Annie, and he's the one that hurt her, and we didn't. No, no, I'm not buying that. And C, you're not that far out in the middle of the western Utah (laughs) desert going up into this hill without wanting to find this cemetery.
1: It sounded a little embellished. (laughs) And four, I had reception that entire time you were
2: out there. So this one's faked.
3: It was like real combined with fake. So,
2: my I mean. life. So <laughs> embellished. Yeah. My, yeah. Everything. He might have heard her. I don't know. I wasn't there.
1: Anyway. Maybe. It was just weird that that was posted the same night we were there. True. And he said he was there too. I didn't see anyone other than that creepy ghoul family.
3: Mm-hmm. But that story picked up some traction on that subreddit. Yeah. So, hmm.
2: there were some cars at that parking spot when we drove past going towards the mining town, though, that True. wasn't that pilot. True. Either way, yeah, it's still True. super strange that those both happen right next to each other. I for sure thought DJ posted it Like Did after you? I looked at it. <laughs> I was like, he's just not telling us.
1: <laughs> that was our Friday. It was fun regardless. True. Yeah, I had, just exploring. I, I had
2: fun. We got a question. All right. The question is, if you had absolute proof of fill-in-the-blank any type of cryptid would you tell yes and i would charge for that proof because i'm a dirty rotten sellout (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't why not because people think i'm crazy if i all of a sudden say i have seen bigfoot here's my proof but you have absolute proof proof to me i don't like i could prove to other people but still like you get labeled as crazy I would still do Maybe it. Maybe to some of the people that I thought say you meant
1: like they've DNA seen a proof or something like absolute proof.
2: Okay, I mean possibly that's absolute proof. But like there may be people out there that have that absolute proof. We still think they're crazy. That's true. Because huh. they just get you know, I'd hit up History
1: Channel and sell that to them because you know they they'd be thirsty for content. <laughs> well, they'd be posting ancient aliens ancient and all that <laughs> all that BS.
3: See, people claim proof with their videos, but yeah. it always looks like it's filmed with a toaster <laughs> or a potato.
2: iPhone negative eight.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. What if you had
2: one of those, those cameras from the, the Our Planet BBC show and you have like absolute every pixel you could possibly want, people would still say this is faked. Like, even if you had that proof, people would still say. Not everybody. People would, though.
1: To me, absolute proof is Bigfoot saw me, scratched me. I cut off one of its fingers, and the whole thing was filmed. So I have, like, the footage, his
2: finger. Here's the thing, though. There are people out there that don't believe dinosaurs existed. That's true. No matter what proof you have. People are still going to think that you're cra- not everybody, but there will be a group of people who think you're still crazy.
1: Listen, if flat earthers think I'm crazy, I don't care. <laughs> so I don't care. I'm selling my info to freaking Travel Channel or someone. I'm, I'm, I'm sending that urban legend. I'll make dollar. ten G's Family and chain. buy a grill.
2: Hey! Nice, yeah. nice.
1: I really, we just,
3: I, I really just wish we had good footage. <laughs> it's all crappy. It's like always filmed on that Nokia. <laughs> the year is twenty three forty nine, and paranormal videographers just upgraded to a seven twenty p camera yeah. <laughs> for the first
2: time in history. <laughs> it's like, um, then they still hear that sound. Like, what was that? Let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> we should build and market
1: and sell a paranormal camera and it's just like 240p <laughs> so all your footage looks like it
2: coming soon to our 3 a.m. shopping merch store
1: it's
3: just a Motorola razor
2: <laughs> that's, that's all it is
3: um my answer to that is i would be selective with who i would tell so i would tell i wouldn't i don't know if i'd come straight out to the world and like yeah.
1: sell out okay wait sorry uh i'm gonna ask a second question
2: all right all right
1: shoot okay what is your earliest dream that you can remember or your first
3: nightmare it's funny you ask because my girlfriend asked me the same question like a month ago and i vividly remember the like the first dream that i had and i was i can't remember how old let's say five, but it was a dream about Freddy Krueger, <laughs> which is his dominion. The God of dreams. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and he was chasing me, chasing me, chasing me, trying to kill me. And I was just terrified the whole time. And finally I turn around the corner. Somebody grabs me and I look and it's my dad. And he's like, follow me, follow me. So, Super relieved, but still like trying to get away from Freddy because he's chasing now the both of us. We're running, we're running. We're in this parking structure somehow. I don't know if it started that way, but we ended there. (laughs) And it was like the parking structure at like the Honolulu airport. I don't know why it was there, but that's what it was. And we, we run to the top. And my dad says, you need to run over to like the control tower and you'll know what to do. And I was like, I'm not leaving you. And he's like, no, go now. So I run, I run, I run, I get to the control tower and I find a note that says to open the box and do it to save yourself. And it's signed by my dad. I open the box and it's a rocket launcher. And I I'm watching from the tower and my dad and Freddy Krueger are battling it out. And he's yelling at me. He's like, "Do it." This
1: is epic, bro.
3: And I'm like, "No." While well, I have the bazooka on my shoulder. Pull oh, no! the, ro- the rocket.
1: <laughs> no, dad, this is hard James.
3: I I fire that rocket and
1: dirty bro you're dirty dog it it
3: hits both of them and the entire building just blows up and crumbles down to the ground and i woke up crying sobbing and my grandparents my father's from tonga and my grand my, my dad flew them out to visit and my grandpa was sleeping in my room and i remember he he woke up to me crying just sobbing like the kind where I can't breathe, you know, you're like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my grandpa in his limited English is just like DJ. Are you okay? <laughs> and i that's just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying not to cry. He's like, what what more? the frick grandson <laughs> is this? <laughs> and I hide under if the blanket and go weak. back, go back to bed and I'm good. But, <laughs>
1: Isn't that the plot for like uh, Fast and the Furious or something? <laughs> Bro, that's like some
2: angry bird science right there. One bazooka takes down the whole building. <laughs> Bro, how
1: old were you? Put a number to it. Like your best guess. Six.
2: Okay.
3: I mean, I'm sure I had dreams before that, but Listen. that was like the earliest one
1: I remember. That's stressful. Mm-hmm. And there's something about dreams. It's like even when you relay it, it's like, okay. It sounds really mundane, but the feelings are so strong in dreams. It's like, I can't explain why, but it was the scariest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. So I could just imagine how stressed you were.
3: Like, oh, I yeah. woke up with tears already on my face. <laughs> I didn't wake up and then cry. Like, I was crying while sleeping.
1: <laughs> That's heavy, bro. <laughs> Your grandpa's
2: just sh- SMHs. Shmuzz. <laughs> <Schmaz. laughs> Do you have an early one? I'm trying to think of the earliest one, I think – That the earliest dream that I remember was basically a mixture of the first and the third Indiana Jones. Okay. (laughs) I remember that there are segments of the beginning of both of those movies. Like I'm the Boy Scout in this scenario and I find this treasure... And then people start chasing me through this cave system, and I distinctly remember a giant stone rolling after me as well (laughs) and eventually escape, but that's all that I can remember. Hmm. But it was like a mixture of the two. Like I must have been on an Indiana Jones marathon or my dad had been on an Indiana Jones marathon or something. I had to have been five or six at the same time, yeah. Nice. That stone, that's scary,
3: dude. Do you remember that um, Nickelodeon game show? I think it was called Temple of Doom.
2: Oh, hell yeah. yeah.
1: Purple silver barracudas and the purple monkeys, bro. (laughs) Yes, dude. Olmec, the head who talks. It it looks so cool to be on that show, but also terrifying. At the last when you have to do the maze and the freaking like death riders come out. Yeah, they come and chase you. Yes, terrifying. (laughs) And they pull you like into a freaking Mm -hmm. trap door. Mm -hmm. Terrifying. (gasps) And I was like. No, Barry from the Purple Monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) And he had like those lame-ass knee pads on and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Helmets, elbow pads, everything. (laughs) Did you know that they made Temple of Doom into a movie?
3: Yes. I saw stuff about it. I may have seen like the trailer
1: for it too, but. I watched six minutes of it and it was the worst thing i've ever seen (laughs) in my life i was
3: (laughs) upset bro (laughs) wow i couldn't see how that uh would who'd have thought (laughs) (laughs) who'd have
1: thought that would have been bad (laughs) bro they had like the richest material to work with and they just (laughs) trashed it um earliest dream for me is around the same time. I was going to say six as well. We all said six, so six, 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 six. I'm not going to change it just because you guys said it, but it was like around six years old and this was a reoccurring dream. So it's not when I had one time, I would have this a lot. Hmm. It would always start the same way. I would be in a home and it was usually my cousin's house and very distinctly, it was usually my cousin Audrey's room. And I'd just be in there and there'd be like several other kids playing with toys and I'd be on the ground playing and everything's normal. And then all of a sudden, all the kids like look up and the whole room turns a shade. And fun fact, not everyone dreams in color, but I do. So next time you dream, kind of try to pay attention if you dream in color or not. So everyone's, all the kids are playing there. And then all of a sudden, everyone kind of like looks up And I instantly, you know how you just instantly understand things in dreams. Mm -hmm. I instantly understand that something is wrong and then everything turns a shade. So for instance, everything would turn like green or red and it would get dark. And once that happens, all the kids stand up and they just start running and hiding. And this like insane fear comes over me and I know that I have to hide and my life depends on it. So I usually would hide in the closet where I could kind of see out into the room and after waiting there for a minute, a black figure comes to the door and just glides in the room silently. And then it goes around the back of the bed and then around the room to the other side of the bed and leaves. And I understood I like that was the thing I was hiding from and that's what was terrifying. And then, like, once it left, after a while, it would turn regular colors, and I'd come out, and, like, kids would be crawling out of places, and just, like, things would return to normal.
2: Did you ever see that movie, or not that movie, that music video um, by Jet? Um, What is it called? (sighs) Look What You've Done, or something like that, Uh -uh. where it's the cartoon animals, and all of a sudden, it gets dark, and all the animals run away. No. Mm -mm. Is this my dream? Well, I mean, it's outside, so it's not inside a house. (laughs) But vaguely similar, dude. (laughs) That's wild.
1: I just remember being so scared and so stressed, and I would have that often. And it was like I would understand every time what's happening. So, I don't know. That's
2: spooky, dude. Mm -hmm. I uh, just recently had a dream that I had to look up the meaning for because I was like, dude, this is kind of trippy. I'm trying to find out what this means, right? Uh Uh-huh. So, I screenshotted a definition of what my dream was.
1: The smile on your face makes me hate it already. <laughs> so prove me wrong.
2: So in my dream, I am swimming in like a lake and all of a sudden like jump out of the lake and start flying. And just like low flying above this lake. And uh, I had a, like I looked up a couple different things. But if you're flying low to the ground, it rep- represents strength and determination Now, being able to control the flight in your dream is an indication of your personal power, too. So, like, I was feeling pretty good about myself afterwards. So, look up your dreams. It'll help you feel good about yourself.
3: You heard it first
1: from our number one skeptic. (laughs) Yeah. All of a sudden, Sean's like, guys, my horoscope says. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What part of your dream represents crippling depression?
2: Well, um, actually... (laughs) Was that the sea? Was that the, the lake? lake? <laughs> <laughs> it was
1: you for one moment escaping it,
2: <laughs> but not getting
1: too far. You know, yeah. flying real low. Yeah, to my, it.
2: my toes were still touching the water as I was flying, so like I had some control over the depression, but it was still touching me.
3: It wasn't depression. It was more commitment—a oh, lake no. of commitment. Oh yeah, I gotta get the sh-
2: get out of that. So <laughs> I'm like, hey, no, get out of here, <laughs> bye. I'm just kidding. Yeah, but you're
3: really not. Well, I'm excited to share this story. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. (sighs) I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's hel slash 3am.
1: Ohio is a land of mystery. From missing shipwrecks and lost treasure beneath her surface to strange phenomenon slicing through her skies. From myths that have evolved around historic events and people, to the unsolved murders and disappearances that keep her communities wondering, what happened? Find Ohio Mysteries on
3: your favorite podcast app, and let's explore the inexplicable.
1: OhioMysteries.com
3: It's kind of a not a direct continuation from last episode. So last time we talked, I talked about Hawaii and shared stories about
1: Pele and Ila which is the goddess and the God of fire. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen to episode 19 and listen to DJ story. So you get the whole story.
3: This is still along the lines of Hawaiian culture. This was told to me by um, my cousin and, we were really tight growing up. This is a story that was told to her by one of her best friends. So this friend of hers comes from a line of kahuna. Kahuna in Hawaii means priest. You've mm-hmm. probably heard kahuna before, you know, people like, say kahuna this kahuna person's the big kahuna, yeah.
1: Um that's like my favorite thing to order at
2: Hawaiian restaurants. Any Hawaiian <laughs> restaurant. <Yeah. laughs>
3: big kahuna spam and rice. That's
2: a good burger. <laughs>
3: But yeah, kahuna means priest. Um, And kahuna, they're kind of like the shaman of Hawaii.
1: Is kahuna something you choose or is it in your bloodline? That's a good question.
2: What? (laughs) Like you don't choose the kahuna, the kahuna chooses you. (laughs) (laughs) How old are (laughs) they, (laughs) bro? We grew here, you flew here, bro.
3: (laughs) You guys have been to Hawaii too many times and stayed
2: Yeah, brother. But next time, I'm not coming back, too.
3: (laughs) I kept y'all safe in Hawaii. Um, That's a good question, actually. Kahuna are usually kept within the family, Mm. but it's not... Like, there's no rule book saying that it has to be from the same family. Like, people have been known to be chosen um, outside of the family. But (laughs) in a very real sense, the kahuna would choose you. See? (laughs) That's what I'm saying.
1: So. I take back my holiday remark. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah, so this kid comes from a line of kahuna. I, I'm not sure if at the time he was learning or practicing, but his father and his uncles were Kahuna.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. I just recently learned this and just like last episode when we talked about Ai not being common Hawaiian knowledge. Mm. This thing that I learned is also not common Hawaiian knowledge.
1: Ooh. You heard it here, bro. On <laughs> the know, Hawaiian
3: scoops. I know. I'm uh, more in tune with my culture than I've been in the last 10 years. So, <laughs> Moving um, to Utah.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but uh, there is something called ana ana. And the kahuna ana ana were those who practice black magic, evil sorcery, and praying to death.
2: Praying to death.
1: Yeah. So that was Ana Ana. Bro, I've never thought of the concept of praying to death. Mm -hmm. Some Arya, Arya Stark stuff right (laughs) there.
3: (laughs) What do we say to the God of death? That was one type of kind of evil practitioner. Kahuna Ana Ana? Yeah. Ana Ana. The second one was Onona, which was kahuna that would send sickness or trouble. Whoa. How do you say
1: that one, Sean?
2: One more time, please.
1: Can I get a vowel? Origin Uh, of the word. Hawaiian.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Kahuna ho'onauna.
2: Kahuna ho'onauna. Not quite. (laughs) Uh, I was about to say, oh, the red one did all right. (laughs) I got that ka and that na at the end.
3: (laughs) The third one was kuni. (laughs) Kuni. So kahuna kuni practiced divination by
1: burning. Okay, is that where they can like see the future, or things? (laughs) The future or (laughs) things. (laughs) Well, that was articulate, first of all. (laughs)
3: Such diction. Yeah, or Um, or thing. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, Kahuna Kuni. The the definition all it said was divination by Bernie. That's all I got. Interesting. And these were uh, screenshots of a. Of a book that my cousin has and she was sending me these screenshots of these different types of kahuna that use their powers and their knowledge and their practices for evil
1: bro Hmm? that's intense
3: um these kahuna that uh, like i said there was the three different types they would send out whether it was death or sickness or a curse the energy by which they would send these out would materialize into what was described to me as balls or orbs of light or fire around the size of a tennis ball to a softball. And you could only see these orbs of light if you were one of these kahuna that practiced um, these things and used your powers for evil, or if you were a kahuna and used your powers for good, And there were also kahuna that were counter-priests and fought these evil kahuna. I don't have the name for them, but there's a very select few.
1: So like the warrior kahuna who are fighting bad?
3: Almost, pretty much. That's dope.
1: Warrior-class kahuna, bro.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So these kahuna... Uh, Earlier I mentioned how a lot of our culture was orally kept. They had specific prayers that they would teach. And specific prayers brought about different blessings or curses. So
1: they'd memorize these? Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And these aren't very well known now. Like I said, the modernization of Hawaii um, just kind of caused a lot of this culture to diminish over time. And these kahuna almost aren't needed as much anymore, Mm -hmm. but um, they still exist. And this is where the story comes into play. So my cousin's friend who this happened to, he was a teenager when this happened and was awoken in the middle of the night, shaken. By his uncle. His uncle says, get up. We need to go right now. He doesn't understand anything about the situation. The only thing he understands is that he just needs to listen and follow. So he gets up and leaves with him. So it's in the middle of the night. They both have flashlights. They're running. Um, And they drive to what's called the Kaumana Caves. And this all takes place in Hilo which is where mm. he's from. It's where my cousin and most of my family is from. It's the east side of the Big Island. Talked about that a little bit in the last episode.
1: I have friends there, bro. Really? hmm
3: Hilo's really beautiful. Super green. There's a big bay, Hilo Bay. I was
1: going to say, they're from Hilo Bay. Yeah. Is what he said.
3: Yeah. Um, it's really pretty, really serene. Mm. Um, it's just like an old town. Mm. Um, almost everybody knows each other. But there's like two big towns on the Big Island, Hilo and Kona. Most people who have been to the Big Island have been to Kona because that's where all the resorts are.
1: Mm.
3: And then people will drive all the way across the Big Island to Hilo to see. um, There's a lot of waterfalls there, um, and there's these caves. So the Kaumana Caves is where they go to, and they're there in the middle of the night, and they're sprinting. Kid still doesn't know why, but he's following his uncle, and they approach the caves and they enter and all outside light whether it was street lights or the light of the moon slowly start to disappear as they get deeper into the cave and at this point it's really just their flashlights as they go deeper into the cave he notices ahead there's an orange glow And his uncle is in front of him, leading the way. And his uncle turns around when this orange glow gets brighter and brighter. And says to his nephew to hide. So they hide. A few seconds later, as the cave gets brighter and brighter, right past his face, just fly these three orange glowing balls of fire or orbs of light. And he's watching it. And this is the first time he's ever seen this. And he's just perplexed and doesn't know what to do. Doesn't know what to make of it. Doesn't know how to respond. And he turns and he looks at his uncle. His uncle has his eyes closed and he's like whispering. And it sounds like some type of prayer, but it's in Hawaiian. And this goes on for, I don't know, about a minute or so. Um, By that point, the orbs of light have disappeared. Hmm. So the uncle continues, and he's praying, he's praying. And he doesn't want to stop his uncle's flow, so he just lets him be. A couple minutes pass, the cave starts to light up again. And he peeks his head around the corner, and he watches as these orbs of light where these balls of fire are coming back to the cave and that's what's lighting it up so he hides again and he watches as these orbs of light fly back in the opposite direction from when they first came Mm. and after they disappear and the cave goes dark again the uncle stops his little prayer and tells his nephew let's go and they leave the cave he Earlier I told you he came from a line of kahuna. And he thought they were just like basic kahuna.
1: Not the warrior class one.
3: But he didn't know about that until he started asking more questions. And that's when he was taught that there are special prayers taught to special kahuna to combat other kahuna who use their powers for evil. And his family were the people who knew these prayers and practiced them. So that was the only, I think that was the only time that he encountered that, but it was his, it was, it was the first and only time that it happened to him. And I don't have any, any developments after that, but, uh, bro,
2: I love that. (laughs) That's so sick. So questions though, Mm Mm-hmm like he saw the orbs of light coming from the cave where they had just got to, leaving and coming back. Mm -hmm. Is that something that the warriors would use or are those things that the orbs they send, like is it possible that that was one of the bad kahuna? The
1: orbs are the curses. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: that they sent and then brought back.
3: The uncle, sorry, I I didn't do the best at explaining this. The uncle's prayers were the ones that brought those curses back. back and sent them back to where okay. they came from. Oh, like, so
2: they were being he, sent out to I hurt. I thought that it, it, he had sent them, and then they had come back. I was mm-hmm. like, that sounds sus to me. <laughs> I would also tell my child that I was the warrior kind when I'm actually effing people up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <geez>.
3: yeah. <laughs> no, the uncle was saying a prayer to, I guess, protect the people uh, that it was being sent to. So he brought and those curses back? To kind of like... You know, like in Yu-Gi-Oh, when he plays like the mirror card? <laughs> no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yu-Gi plays what? a mirror card for when the enemy attacks. It just like bounces back to them. So,
2: I'm Dick mirror, your your glue. That's, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm thinking the uncle played. So That's yeah. dope. That's, That's so cool. sick. Um, do you know what I'm thinking of this whole time? What's up? Now, this isn't the first time we've discovered that different cultures have insanely close similarities. But do you remember Leah Hardy's? Mm -hmm. So Leah Hardy comes from a line of Navajo who are medicine men. And what they do is they learn the songs of healing. And nowadays medicine men only know two or three, but Leah Hardy's grandpa was an extremely strong and renowned medicine man who knew 12 songs of healing. And it just sounds like the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. That's so sick. Yeah, I I definitely thought of that as well and
3: how those songs were like they need to be taught to specific people. Um, Just like how the uncle knew this prayer. The nephew didn't, but hopefully he does learn it.
1: That was like my next thing is like I was thinking why would the uncle freaking take the nephew? Like why was it so important to wake him up and take him to witness that? But then I felt like it's to teach him. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. He needed to like pass that knowledge on. <clears throat> and probably
3: maybe felt that his nephew needed to s- experience this kind of thing firsthand uh-huh. to understand the weight of his responsibility in the family with, you know, being, a, becoming a kahuna. And like, this is what we're fighting. mm
2: mm-hmm. hmm. hmm.
3: Like in, a, in an extreme case.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bro, that idea is w- wild. Mm-hmm. I actually have like a thing that's a little related and I'm just going to touch on the topic because I really am trying to find a Maori out there who can teach me everything. Mm -hmm. But in New Zealand, the Maori people have tribes or fanua, I believe. It's how you say family or tribe. Mm -hmm. So there's different tribes all around the island and they're known for different things. So there's some that come from like the Misty Mountains and to my my understanding or what someone told me was they're the ones who are known for using like black magics and stuff. So some lady I talked to said she talked to one of these men before and as she's speaking to him, he was in front of her and in the middle of her sentence, he was standing right by her. Mm. So he moved from right in front of her to side her without moving, if that makes sense. That's crazy. Nope. I met- if I saw
3: that, I would just like keep talking like everything's normal and not, <laughs> start, like, not acknowledge
1: it. I'd be like, oh, that's weird. It's uh skin o'clock I need to leave. Yeah, <laughs> like, walk away. Uh, from up north, Fangarewe, um, they're known for being like huge and the most like ferocious fighters. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about Maoris, they do like the haka, they do the pukana, they stick out their tongues, but they're, a lot of them are known for eating the flesh of their fallen enemies, right? And so these ones in the north are known for being like the most savage, like the warrior class. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, uh, I knew a kid, his last name was Paora and he, his uncle was a seer. And his uncle was like really old in his age and was known in his community as being a seer. And one of his uncle's brothers came in one day and his uncle looked at him and this like look came over him where he was really sad and he said, you have a curse on you. And if you n- know anything about Maoris is like super traditional, Whole Maoris are like way superstitious. So I knew some Maoris who like when they cut their nails, they would pick up every nail. And when they cut their hair, they would like get every strand of hair. And I asked like, why are you doing that? And it's because they say that's super in, or um, that, that it's really powerful if someone were to use that to curse you hmm. and they he like looked over his shoulders make sure it was just me and him and he's like and the white man is like can cast some of the strongest curse if they know how
2: You're right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you right
1: you guys super privileged. you got all the power um, but, but sorry so the uncle they're, they're superstitious so the uncle sees his brother and he's like you have a curse and it's gonna kill you and he's like, what? And he, and he said, I have been feeling weird. I can feel it. And he like points to his shoulder. And his uncle describes it as he had like a spirit salamander that was like latched onto his shoulder. And his uncle said he walked up and took it and like two weeks later died because he took the curse. What? And that's how he lost his uncle. That's like the story in the family. Whoa. Yeah. Damn. That's wild. But it, sound- it was like it wasn't like a physical form. Mm-mm, it was it a was, spirit. Yeah. And he convinced the spirit to jump from his brother to him. And within like a week, he died.
2: Wow. Holy it cow. It drained him.
1: <laughs> but when you were speaking of like the kahuna who are warrior class, it just reminded me of these different tribes in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And I am looking desperately for some of my Maori friends and trying to figure out who can teach me um, the mm-hmm. history of New Let's Zealand. just
2: go back to New Zealand and interview some fools there. I'm down.
3: Yeah. My, my cousin is – she has a bunch of books – that have more information on these kahuna. Mm-hmm. And they're not like fighter types. <laughs> they're just like protectors mm-hmm. and no prayers that can heal. And They're like clerics. Yeah, <laughs> almost. <laughs> um, I do, and this, I've totally forgotten about this. Um, like I mentioned in the last episode, my great-grandmother had 13, she was one of 13 brothers and sisters. Um, Damn. One of 13 siblings, yeah. <laughs> chee bro. <laughs> and so our extended family is huge, but she was the only one who moved to Oahu
1: hmm.
3: when she was She like, moved
1: over from Big Island, right? Yeah, from
3: the Big Island to Oahu. So all of our extended family, they're all on the Big Island. So growing up, I've probably been there, I don't know, maybe 10 times to go visit them, and I still don't know all of them. But um, I do have uh, an uncle, Uncle Sky. He is a teacher of Lou. Lou is the Hawaiian martial art Ooh. and he takes people for a month at a time up into the mountains. How much? And they yeah. live off the land. How much? And he teaches them Lou. And it, <laughs> I, I, I remember he would teach me like simple things like holds and breaks, um, and fireballs. Come <laughs> <laughs> <pilot> waves. I <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, yeah. laughs> <laughs> um, nah, um I i'm sure he has stories so i should i should call him up
1: okay Uh, we're going on a month long hiatus
2: (laughs) the red one yellow
1: and brown one are gonna go learn lou in the hawaiian (laughs) jungle i I totally forgot about this but it's just been so long since i've seen them or talked to them dude you know what i just forgot about this but i have a shaolin monk for an uncle who will not just kidding <laughs> well,
2: i just Stupid. forgot this, my uncle
1: actually a samurai a, sh- a shogun yeah, yeah. my <laughs>
2: like, great uncle is jesse james okay
3: i need to i need to correct this and probably hawaiian people will rag on me for this <laughs> it's I, I had to look it up the name of the martial art is called lua, lua. so uh, I was halfway there. I apologize. Done. I haven't lived at home like in Hawaii for pretty much almost 10 years. So <laughs> it's been a long time. And then even 10 more years since I've seen my uncle Sky. So Oof. about, I don't know. Anyway. anyway hit bro. him up, dog. That's dope. I'll hit him up. Yeah. He's guaranteed to have too. stores. Yeah. <laughs> it probably doesn't cost money. It probably costs
2: we have to take like an offering. like work and stuff.
1: <laughs> I'll yeah. work, dude. Just gotta prove yourself. You know, I'll,
2: freaking, oh, I'll prove myself so hard.
1: <laughs> I'll dig up that taro and plant it, bro,
3: with
2: the bush
1: knife.
3: Yeah, honestly, I don't think like he takes payment or anything because it's not supposed to be for money. It's yeah. to That's teach tough. and pass down. True.
2: I do have a series of stories that are all connected. So I recently learned that my place of business. A place where both of you have also been and worked.
1: Yes. DJ and Charlie both had Sean as a boss for a time in our life.
2: Worst time of their life. No.
3: <laughs> One of them, I'll be honest. One of- <laughs>
2: <laughs> but my uh, place of business was formerly an old firehouse.
1: If you yeah, like Sean Sean's office building is the least conventional office building you've ever seen. It looks like a castle,
2: and it's it's like odd. No, yeah, yeah, hundred percent.
1: And and the business is credit repair.
2: (laughs) It's just definitely it's out of place. Yeah, (laughs) why? Why? So we're
1: doing credit repair from a medieval castle. (laughs) Yes. yes. There's cubicles inside of like the infantry hold or like the great hall.
2: So I was talking to someone who was formerly my boss and he's, uh, like I said, worked really hard. He's been there at any given time all hours of the night. Oof. Now he was telling me about a story where he would sit in his office and it would be late at night, early morning. Nobody was there. And he would be sitting at his desk... And on the other side of his office, if you go like outside his office and around the corner, all the way around, you get to this break room that has a couple doors to these bathrooms. And the one that's right behind his office or shares a wall with him is the women's bathroom. And he said one night he was there super late, just doing his work, and he hears a bang on that wall. And it sounded like it was coming from the girl's bathroom.
3: And he's all—he's there all by himself. It's
2: just a, an
1: empty, dark office.
2: Yeah, empty, dark office. He's there by himself.
1: So it, rows and rows of cubicles.
2: Exactly. Just and unlit. they're like cubicles that are like you can see over them too. So someone would have to be crawling around to not be seen. Ooh. He hears this bang. And he said that he swears he heard like a girl's giggles coming from this bathroom. Now, he didn't just get up and leave. Ooh. He went and locked the door instead. <laughs> and he said that he at least heard the giggles multiple occasions.
1: Oh, dude.
2: But he would always just go and lock the door. kind of cute. <laughs> so 100%, since it was an old firehouse, something potentially could have happened. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. But that's definitely creepy, and it reminded me of a situation that I had when I was there, late at night, by myself. Oh, so I am working late at night. It's probably like okay. So we close it to nine. I'm probably there nine forty five, ten o'clock. Everyone's gone by then, and at this point. My desk was at the end of a a row of cubicles, and right behind my desk was a hallway with a door that led to a conference room.
1: Dude, that was like my first thought was like, who sets their back like that? Yeah, no, it's 100%. Bad feng shui, dog.
2: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Stupid.
1: Yeah, like (laughs) when I sit in a restaurant always face the door Mm -hmm. so you can see who's
3: coming in to shoot up the place. Mm -hmm. My back's at the wall and I have to see everyone who's going in and out. Not that I'm like always watching, but I just have to like have that available. I'm always watching. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like where your bed is in the room too. Like
1: you can't have your head towards the door. No, that's bad feng shui. Oh yeah. yeah, So you're stuck in this predicament. I'm
2: stuck in it. I'm not thinking about it though. And then as I'm like sitting there typing and realize all of a sudden that it's quiet because everybody's gone and as i think this i hear something come as a like a sound behind me in this dark conference room i just got stressed and i was like nope i heard just like a rustle again locked my computer and left (laughs) you didn't even look behind you i don't remember if i looked behind me i could easily see you just Slamming the laptop, standing up and walking out. <laughs> All I remember was locking my computer and leaving. I was like, this can wait. Oh, gosh. Not trying to die at the end. You've you know told me that before. I totally forgot about that. It and was I know super the, creepy.
3: I know, like, having worked there, I know the exact conference room that you're talking about. And there's no way in and out of that room except for that door behind you.
2: Yes, 100%. Ugh. And that was so scary, like, bruh. But like, after hearing this other guy that I was talking to saying that he had heard stuff down there as well, like, I was like, oh, sh- that's super scary.
3: Workplace scares are terrifying because it's like, like it's not supposed to happen. It's a professional setting. Don't it, spook me here. It's the last <laughs> thing on your mind. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, it should be a safe place. Should be.
1: And if you're listening to this right now. And you kind of notice that you might be the last one in your cubicle in your office?
2: Please leave. <laughs> yeah. Where can... Wait.
1: Because there's someone right behind you.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, that's my stories of the week. A uh, little workplace fright for you.
1: I don't know if it's the insane amount of caffeine I've had today or your story, but it got me s- stressed, bro. <laughs> Time for my story. <clears throat> and I like this story. Oh. So my story comes to you... Oh. Trigger warning for those out there. If you have issues with demonic possession, skip this story.
2: I don't know any of you that would. <laughs> and but. We'll, we'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. So this story comes to you from Northern New Zealand. And I have a buddy, one of my friends, he's an orderly. In a psychiatric ward. Whoa. So. Oh, so he crazy, crazy. (laughs) Just so you know about him. Super artistic, super talented, super quiet. Hmm. And he's well over six feet tall. They always are. (laughs) He's over six feet tall and he's wider than a fridge. Uh, He plays rugby in New Zealand. And for training, he would put a truck at the bottom of a hill and turn it, put it in neutral and push it up the GD Hill.
2: <laughs> well,
1: He's a big boy. <laughs> so as an orderly, he can take care of himself. He never feels like vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. So he was working an evening shift. It was around 11 PM and it was just finishing up. When one of his coworkers comes up to him and says, Hey, would you mind staying on for the next shift? And she goes, I just have this weird feeling that we'll need you. And he said, yes, of course I will. Um, Wow. Because it pays double time. (laughs) Ah. And he wanted to help out. He's a good dude. So he, you know, his shift is going fine. Nothing out of the ordinary until a little bit after 2 a.m. The alarm goes off. The alarm for the time goes off? No. So it's a little bit after 2 a.m. And the alarm goes off. It's like a warning alarm. And the alarm means either a patient or one of the employees is in potential danger. So he rushes off to where the alarm is coming from. And as he comes into the room, he sees a patient who is full force smashing his head against the wall. Not just tapping, full force trying to break his face against the wall. And there's a little female employee who's trying to stop him. So we're going to call the patient John. So as John is like literally banging his face into the wall, um, like I said, my friend is huge and this, this small female, she's like, she can't stop him. So he runs up and bear hugs. John puts him on the bed and starts to restrain him. Now, usually my friend, and I didn't ask if he wanted to be shouted out. So I'm just going to keep calling him my friend. Usually my friend, when he's in a confrontation or he's um, subduing someone, he never has backup because he's so big and imposing. But as he's holding John on the bed, he's getting like stronger and stronger. And John's not a big dude, but he's starting to like, you know, get a little over on my friend. Like the patient yes. is like kicking into third and fourth gear. Yeah, he's revving Whoa. up. So he calls for backup. He holds him on the bed and five employees run in and they do the the restraining where each of the employee grabs a limb so someone grabs john's arms an arm and arm his leg is leg and my friend gets stuck with trying with holding his head down Mm -hmm. and so the plan is okay we're gonna let him struggle and he's gonna wear out right Mm -hmm. the longer they hold on to him the stronger he's getting and all of them are looking at each other like worried because he's getting stronger and thrashing harder and they so it gets to the point after about five minutes. He's just getting stronger and stronger. They call for a sedative. So they run in and they inject them and usually what happens is it kicks in right away and it gets in their blood system and you can see their eyes roll back. The injection has no effect on them.
2: What?
1: That's like, like non-Newtonian
3: liquid. Have you seen that? Uh uh-uh. uh It's like this, um, some type of liquid compound where, if you, like, gently just put your hand into it, it's like water.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But
3: if you like throw something at it, like if you punch it, it's like solid. Whoa! <laughs> it's crazy. So it's like the more resistance there is, like the stronger Oof. it gets. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Science, bitch. So this
1: whole time... <laughs> Thanks, dog.
3: Bro, Thank you, you. You could even
1: walk on that water.
2: <laughs> you got to run. you, if run you right, walk, yeah. you'll And you got to be stomping at yeah. the same
1: time. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be river dancing across... Stomp that yard. <laughs> stomping the yard. You got to wear clogs. Okay. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> so the sedative has no effect. They're all holding him down. He's getting crazier and crazier. My friend is holding his head. So he's like right in his face and he's trying to communicate with him. Right. Mm -hmm. But every, every time he tries to communicate him, it's just wide eyed blank stares as he's like thrashing around. Like there's nothing there. And he says, all of a sudden they're all holding him down and John's entire body tenses up and he just like strains like this. And my friend is sitting there holding his head. And he looks right into my friend's eyes and he connects with them and he says, just let me die. And my friend said, this freaked me
2: out a little bit, a little bit, (laughs) a lot of (laughs) it.
3: If someone said that to me, I don't know. I I feel like I wouldn't, if I was in that exact same situation, I wouldn't let
1: them die. Dude, put yourself, put yourself in this situation for this next part. I want you If you're out there listening, close your eyes and imagine you're my friend holding onto this guy's head. And the way my friend wrote this, I'm going to read his words because I think it's important to say it from his point of view. So he just made eye contact with him, looked into his eyes and he said, please just let me die. And my friend said, so at this point I begin to think it wasn't just an extreme mental disturbance but it could be a possession of some kind, So he has this feeling come over him. This isn't just a mentally disturbed person. Something is wrong. So with these thoughts of demonic possession going through my mind, as I hold John down, I notice his eyes appear to be rolled back. So only the whites of his eyes can be seen. I also see him grinding his teeth so hard that they're making a loud scraping sound. Through the chaos, I heard John mumble something through his teeth. I couldn't make out what he was saying, so I asked him to repeat it to me. And it sounded like he said, please stop it. I thought he was talking about us stop him restraining. So I I replied, I'm sorry, John, we can't do that. Then he said back to me something that really freaked me out. He said, no, please stop it. Oh, 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 so I took this response as a plea to stop whatever was causing this, but John seemed intent on dying that night. So he started holding his breath in, a, in an attempt to suffocate himself, I think. Um, apparently, that's very difficult to do. <laughs> um, you can, so it's hard to do intentionally. So after a few minutes of that, he tried something way worse he began to try to bite off his own tongue. Oh! Remember, you're holding this man's head. So he tries to bite off his own tongue either to cause a lot of blood loss or to cause the dead tongue to roll back into his throat so he can choke himself. But because he'd been grinding his teeth, he broke some of them. The crooked, jagged edges of his teeth weren't cutting through the tongue as much as they were just mashing it up it started splashing blood all over. Imagine a raw beef patty leaking blood.
3: Uh, uh, (laughs) Oh, man.
1: At this point, I was metaphorically shitting myself, and I had no idea what to do. He was biting his own tongue off, covered in blood and still struggling against five people in a full body restraint he was still obviously extremely disturbed by something and still obviously intent on ending his life. Thankfully by then the emergency department, security resuscitation nurses and paramedics have arrived. So all of those departments, they'd injected him with the strongest and highest dose of sedative we had. And he finally started to ease up after about three minutes, he was out and barely alive. We lifted him onto the gurney and he coughed up heaps of blood and bits of his tongue that he had managed to bite off. Then we took him over to the theater and immediately operated on him. I'm not sure what happened to him after that. I have a contradictory view on the paranormal and supernatural. On one hand, I know that there are both malicious and altruistic spirits, but I also believe a lot of it is BS. Although John's case can be explained away by saying it was just drugs or that he was just crazy, but I feel that there was something more than just psychosis or mental disturbance that was causing him to behave like that. I don't know for sure if he was possessed, but I think something I but I think someone suffering from intense mental issues but I think that someone suffering from intense mental health issues is far more susceptible to paranormal influences than others. It still gives me the chills thinking about what John experienced that made him feel like death was the best option. I've never really been scared by spirits or ghosts. My mother taught me when I was young, the spirits are just part of life. And if I ever saw them, not to be afraid because we're also just spirits, but reside in a body. It's almost like I'm comfortable with them around. So the paranormal part of that experience, like the spooky, heavy, uneasy feeling wasn't too bad. It was the physical manifestation that punked me. The gnashing of teeth, the mashed tongue, the inhuman strength, and the no pain response.
2: Well.
3: I can't imagine anything that would drive me to that level of desperation to, yeah, physically harm myself to enough to to kill myself. Yeah. So that, it can stop. It can all stop.
1: Bro, how about that line? Please stop it. Sorry, John. We can't. No. Stop it. Oh, when I read that, dog, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's not talking
3: about the restraint. <laughs> Somehow I knew what he was saying Ooh. the first time he read that. But the part that got me, got to me see things like that i'll be honest is hard to it's hard for me to react to because i i don't know like i've never seen it's so extreme possession
2: Mm -hmm.
3: and it's just hard to relate to so the part that got to me the most was like the this brutal description of him like harming himself trying to hold his breath we all know what that's like um that was unsuccessful. So he resorts to biting his own tongue, which we've also done. But he's trying to choke on his own tongue and <laughs> suffocate. But he couldn't even do that because his teeth weren't as sharp as it could be because he grinded
1: them. And broke them, bro. That much. Broke yeah. your teeth. Either John is doing what my friend thought, trying to kill himself because something disturbed him so bad or maybe the possession was so bad. He, the option of dying was better than what was going on. Or as we've heard before, a pattern of demons or demonic possession is they're just trying to instill fear. So maybe they're trying to scare the orderlies away that this is so terrifying, you know, Mm -hmm. leave me with this person. What (laughs) kind of spirits are this salty? (laughs) dude? And
3: do you think they were angry in their actual life?
1: You know, Dude, that goes into such a deep discussion because it's like, do you, do you think they're spirits of formerly existing people who were once living or are they entities that their sole purpose is to like feed off of negative energy? Like it is evil itself or yeah. something, you know. So I don't, I don't know where I stand with all that and we could probably get into all that.
2: But I don't know. You know, honestly, like putting myself in that situation – I'd probably just be like, I hate time my head out.
1: It's like, e- uh, I-, I picked up this shift.
2: <laughs> I'm not trying to take that double time anymore. Yeah.
1: This is a way
2: above my pay grade.
1: Yeah. T- uh, tongue biting off is, is where I draw the line, usually for a, a job. <laughs>
2: Bruh. Yeah. Because like I bite my tongue when I'm eating my food. And I'm like, that ruins my meal. Uh, I see w- someone else doing that just intentionally. like That ruins my life. <laughs> <laughs> Question.
3: Do you believe in life after death?
1: That's weird. Okay. We didn't plan this. We don't plan this, but I I have to read something real quick. Shoot. So this is from one of our awesome followers who sent this in a while and I've been just waiting for the right time to share it and this is it. So it says, Hey now,
2: (laughs) have you guys? You're a rock star.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It says, uh, have you guys ever thought about an animal ghost episode? Haven't, but with your question, apply your question to this story. We used to have a pit bull named Kima. She absolutely hated the wood floors when we had them installed. She hated the click, 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 click her claws made. She was really old and sick, and it came time to have her put to sleep. The vet came to, came to our house, and my husband never believed in ghosts, and we talked about if they exist exist often. Uh, He had some private time with Kima to say goodbye before the vet came. That night, we're in bed. It's totally quiet. And all of a sudden, we hear click, 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 click on the floor. And it sounded exactly like Kima was coming up to the bed. I heard it, and I wonder if he heard it. And I heard him kind of take a breath. Then he asked, did you just hear that? I said, yeah. He told me about the private talk he had with her before the vet came. He told her, when you go, give me a sign that there's an afterlife. And I'm pretty sure she did. Oh. So it says, uh, she said, my husband was telling me he still misses her. He's very undecided on ghosts, but he's now more open to it. But he now he needs to see something. (laughs) He's very scientific, so the click 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 isn't enough. He wants to see a ghost. But it's just crazy. Like that's what you said is
2: like we'd show me a sign. Yeah, yeah, here is a real question though. If we're talking about an animal ghost episode, the ghost of Bigfoot is that possible?
3: Bro, that's even, like, our spirits are still looking for it.
2: We're having a hard time finding the actual Bigfoot. (laughs) Let's start with Bigfoot first, then we'll move
1: to Bigfoot ghost.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but no one else is looking for the ghost right now. That's what I'm saying. That's an open, untapped market (laughs) potential.
1: Real quick, shout out to my friend in New Zealand for sharing that story. yeah. Shout out to Robin in the treetops. She's one of our awesome followers. Uh, for sending the Kima story Mm. of her dog. Shout
3: out to to Lacey Scanlon. It's my cousin. Who's (laughs) teaching me about uh, Isla O and about different
1: types of kahuna and her friend. Bro, I love the kahuna (laughs) knowledge. Learning that was dope. Shout out to Sean's old boss.
2: Shout out to Mark Bailey, (laughs) my old boss. Nice.
3: Cool. Who's uh, higher up in the company.
2: And I haven't moved on at all.
3: <laughs> Plug my boy Sean, Mark. He's putting in work.
2: But my
1: my my dude from New Zealand, his name is Zion. On IG, his name is Hiona.Arts. H-I-O-N-A.Arts. He's a Maori artist. And if you want, you can hit him up. His work is amazing. He it's like the best freehand. I've watched him sit down and do it freehand. No ruler, no he just he'll straight with pen draw beautiful works of art. So go check him out on IG. And
3: with that, thank you so much for tuning in everyone. Thank you everyone for for your stories. We're getting more stories from people um in our DMs, email
2: um keep sending them over if you have them. That'll be 3 podcast stories at gmail.com or just DM us that's where we're getting a lot of our stories too we like to get them wherever and then we'll just tell them from wherever
1: Yep, go check us out on YouTube we're going to start putting way more content on YouTube but thanks for all the help, thanks for all the support out there bye lovey, be safe trust your gut, watch your
2: back thanks for listening, see ya